0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. comes around is all around. Don't you mean what's all
1: around comes around, Ricky?
0: We're back on The Pipeline Show. We're going to start off looking at round two of the CHL playoffs by uh, heading out east. We'll work our way east to west, and that means we start in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And the uh, first round of the playoffs saw three series go the distance, uh, so exciting first round. Some uh, some surprising results along the way as well. Rowan Aranda, the number one-ranked team in the CHL, they went six games against uh, Shawinigan. Well, to uh, recap the first round and to look ahead to round two, Mike Sanderson, a longtime broadcaster in the Quebec Majors Junior Hockey League as well as a, a writer for McKean's Hockey. He's my guest. Welcome back to the program, uh, Mike. How are
1: you? Hey, always my pleasure here, Guy.
0: Uh, well, I appreciate you making the time once again. Uh, what was the biggest surprise in round one for you?
1: Uh, I, I think in in a close horse race, I think you got to give it to the Moncton upset over Bay Camo. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily the most surprising result. Uh, But I think the fact that it did go the distance and Moncton ended up pulling it off, I think was the biggest story uh, in the queue in the first round. If Quebec ends up beating Halifax in Game 7 last night, then that would be the biggest story. But it's funny how that always works out, that an almost upset just kind of becomes a footnote uh, in the story of some team seasons, whereas if the upset happens, it's huge and massive. Uh, So I guess kudos to Halifax for being the first team in three years uh, to host the Memorial Cup to get out of the first round. Uh, But uh, for Moncton, I I think that's the biggest story. And Moncton beats a a favorite Becamo team by doing a couple things very, very well. Their goaltending ended up outplaying Becamo's goaltending. Francis Leclerc of a 9.32 save percentage outplayed the acquired Alex Dorio, who put up a 9.10 over the course of the series. And Moncton's uh, coach, Don Torchetti, outcoached Martin Bernard. And it's that that simple. Uh, The fact that Moncton could sustain their defensive presence, they kept shots to the outside, they did a great job of, making those in-game adjustments and in-series adjustments. And I think the Wildcats upset of the Drakkar in round one was a story, especially missing Jordan Spence for the whole series and Jacob Peltier for most of it.
0: All right, well, we might as well start with the, the a series between Halifax and Moncton then in round two. And that's an interesting footnote you had with Halifax being the first Memorial Cup team to win in the first round or not be eliminated in the first round. And how
1: many years did he say? Three? Uh, It's three, yeah, because Regina was knocked out last year and then Windsor the year before.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, been a tough go for the hosts here as of late. But uh, maybe for Halifax, that was the wake-up call that they needed to get back on track. Uh, How do you set up the series between the Mooseheads and the Wildcats here in round two?
1: Well, I will tell you, it might be bold, I might go out on a limb a little bit and put the Wildcats in a victory mode in this series, despite it being 7-1. to one. Uh, Halifax, obviously the favorite team coming into it. Uh, this is the fifth time that both teams are meeting. I have Moncton in six games in this series because, despite the fact the Mooseheads held the Season Edge series in six games to two, Moncton's played Halifax tough all year. Many of those games were close. Only one of those games was decided by more than two goals. And the fact that the Wildcats are pushing through being able to beat Bay Como as we mentioned with some injury troubles they're going to be missing Alexi lineen for game one for sure Jacob Hudson didn't play in game seven Jordan Spence is still out for sure for game one and uh, Jacob Peltier really on one leg right now he had one point in three games in the Bay Como series so uh, it- Despite that, I like the fact that Moncton can put together a solid effort like they did in the previous series against Bay Camo. I think that they're a better team defensively than Halifax has shown. And Moncton's a rougher team than Quebec is. And Halifax had trouble putting up some points in games against Anthony Pagliarulo in Quebec, a goaltender who the Ramparts acquired basically for a song at Christmas. And uh, Leclerc just won a goalie battle against Alex Dorio. So, uh, you know, I like Moncton's chances in this series. It's going to be a series much like the last one for Moncton, where Bay Kamau shot them just about every game. Um, Moncton was outshot by 70 shots, nearly, but dangerous shots were much closer, and Moncton kept those shots to the outside, as we mentioned. So um, Halifax has the edge in offense, of course. Uh, They have a bit of an edge on defense, though I do like Moncton's defense core the way they're playing now. Uh, But this matchup, I think, benefits Moncton. It's much like playing Bay Kamau again. And Halifax, throughout the year, they have struggled to put together solid efforts. They basically played... Three good games in their seven against Quebec. That's games three, six, and uh, last night in game seven. Um, They've struggled at times this year, and they haven't been as powerful as some would have expected. Raphael Lavois, to his credit, was probably the best player in the entire first round. He has 13 points, had points in every game. In a series and in games where Halifax really needed him to, and if you look on paper, the way this Mooseheads team is built, they shouldn't need to rely on Raphael Lavois solely to put points up on the board. And they had to at times in this series. And not only that, but Alex Gravel was not solid in this series with the exception of Game 6 and 7. He was pulled in Game 2. So uh, Halifax made some adjustments through their series against Quebec. Uh, they took some stupid penalties early. They cut those out, and Quebec started taking some more. as They got frustrated. The, the Remparts team was interesting. I know we mentioned uh, after Christmas about how uh, Patrick Waugh made Fifteen trades mm-hmm. for the Quebec Remparts and how he he kind of retooled the team in his image. And this Quebec Remparts team was very much more like Patrick Waugh than any other Remparts team I think that he's had. And in Game Six, Halifax had a goal that counted that was a little bit controversial. That Patrick Waugh was a little demonstrative about afterwards. And Halifax in. The anger and in the emotion of the Quebec Remparts was able to put another goal up because the Remparts were distracted. So, uh, Patrick Waugh was very much a temperature check for this Remparts team. Um, Halifax was able to take advantage of that. And, uh, you know, if Moncton ends up in that situation, they have a couple of players who could be put off their games, in particular Alex Ivanov. If you check him close. Uh, you can take him out of the series pretty well. So, uh, you know, there's definite matchups. there's definite storylines in this series, but I think Moncton's got as good a chance as any uh, to knock off the World Cup hosts.
0: Wow, well, it might be one of the more interesting series in round two of the uh, CHL to watch then. Uh, Let's go to uh, Roy Noranda and uh, Victoriaville. Uh, Mentioned the Huskies uh, needed six games to get past the Now, is that a credit to the Cataract, or... Is that uh, the uh, Roy Naranda Huskies maybe overlooking their opponent in round one?
1: Uh, I think it's fair to say that it's both. I think that uh, you look at... Uh, certainly on the way in, it was daunting for the Schwinnigan Cataracts. It's the biggest points difference in the history of the Q for a series. Uh, the 86 points between the two teams would have been enough for home ice advantage uh, in either conference. So, obviously, a large disparity between the two teams, and the talent on paper is a very large disparity uh, between the Huskies and the Cataracts. But uh, The Cataracts basically came into the series with nothing to lose, and Justin Blanchet came in in Game 2. He was the hero of the series. He had two wins. He made a Huge amount of stops uh, for Shawinigan, and for the Huskies, I think at the start you can certainly say they looked ahead of Shawinigan and said, "Well, this is a 33 point team. I think we can easily dust them off and take a week off and await our second round opponent." But by the end of Game Four, if you look at the penalties the Huskies were taking, and you look at uh, some of the situations that they got in the end of Game Four, which was the game that Shawinigan won to go two two it was clear the cataracts were not only in their heads, but they were there rent-free with the windows open making bacon. So, uh, you know, Schoenigan definitely got into their heads quite a bit. Um, and it's to the advantage of their young players like Maverick Bork and Jan dross the Pittsburgh prospect, who instead of getting stomped in four, they had some meaningful experience on top of it. But uh, the Huskies were able to... Put that past them, and they were able to uh, come in and, and, and finish off the series finally. But I think they worked a little bit harder uh, than they wanted to. And this this Victoriaville team they're going to take on uh, is somewhat similar to Shewinigan, obviously a better team than Shewinigan, uh, but set up somewhat similarly. Tristan Cote Kazanov their goaltender, is just as capable as just De Blanchette to steal games. And uh, Bramoff and Sergio up front are stronger than Droskin. Maverick Bork as we mentioned him and you add in Dominic Cormier on the back end who had uh, eight points in the playoffs so far nine points in the playoffs in his uh, seven game series against Faldor that went to overtime so um, the Tigers are going to be a tough enough task for the Huskies uh, I still see the Huskies winning that series I think that they have woken up a little bit uh, though I'd like to see Louis-Philippe Cote get a little bit more involved in the series he just had two points and that's that's not going to get it done but the Huskies are deep enough that it doesn't really matter what Louis-Philippe Cote does. He's an additional part to that team, and I think that uh, the Huskies are too deep and they're too strong offensively to really let Victo put the scare that Shawinigan put into them. Uh, but uh, I don't think that series is going to be easy either.
0: All right, we'll watch for that. What was that analogy again? That was hilarious. I had not heard that one before.
1: Shawinigan's <laughs> not, only, not only are they living rent-free in uh, the Huskies' heads, but they were in their, in their kitchen with the windows open. Making, making, making. making
0: some bacon oh that is great that's a good one all right uh I might have to steal that well, let's go to uh <laughs> Drummondville taking on uh, the Sherbrooke Phoenix uh Drummondville I'm guessing would be the favorite in this series but anything can happen
1: yeah I would agree with that I think that uh, Drummondville is uh, the team that's going to have the easiest time out of the eight teams remaining I think just the way that Sherbrooke is constructed, and the way that Drummondville so dismantled Gatineau, and you've got to give a huge shout-out to Remy Poirier, the 17-year-old goaltender. He kept Gatineau in the series as well as he could, uh, but uh, Drummondville, I mean, just, just to put it into perspective, in a five-game series, Drummondville outshot Gatineau 225-83. to uh, So uh, certainly in terms of shots, in terms of offense, obviously the Volts bring it, and we knew that they have the best offense in the league coming in. Uh, for context, by the way, Halifax in seven games took 235 shots. So uh, just in, in the context of the, the Voltiger's offense, they certainly brought it against Gatineau. Um, and Sherbrooke is built in a way that their offense kind of runs the same as Drummondville's does. They're not so capable defensively. Uh, they need to run a little bit more of a run-and-gun style, and that does not work to their advantage in this series. It was the Sam Poulin series against the Landville bauphrey Armada. Uh, Poulin was knocked out of game one. The Armada won big 5-1, to one, and then the Phoenix won the next four straight by at least three goals. But uh, you know, coming into the series, the Volts, they want it to be that track meet. They want it to uh, be a run-and-gun style because they've beaten every team with a run-and-gun style so far this year. And uh, the Phoenix coming in, they need to play that in order to be at their best they bring a goaltender who's not the most experienced in Dakota Lund Cornish. You played well in the first round, uh, but Drummondville is certainly way different from the Armada, a team that didn't have a lot of offensive weapons. So uh, barring Lund Cornish coming out by surprise and stealing a game or two, I think this is a short series in Drummondville's favor. All right, we'll watch for
0: that. And the uh, last series in round two uh, features the Rimouski Oceanic or Oceanique uh, against the uh, Screaming Eagles
1: of Cape Breton. Uh,
0: size up this matchup for us.
1: This one is the toughest one for me to pick. It's a matchup that's never happened before. Uh, the Cape Breton-Screaming Eagles have never played Rimouski, uh in a playoff series. In fact, three of the four series uh, in this second round have never happened before. Uh, but Cape Breton is a team that they hang around really well, and both teams come in having won four in a row as uh, the Screaming Eagles dropped the first two and then won four in a row. Uh, Ramuski has been off for a while. They're the team that's going to be off the most coming into this uh, series as they swept uh, the uh, Shakurami Uh But, In the case of Cape Breton, they were in a very tough series against Charlottetown. Uh, Mitch Ball must put in 11 points uh, in the series. and uh, Cape Breton has a younger team, but their advantage in their experience, they've been able to put a lot of it together. They have some pretty good veterans uh, on their team as well, who they went out and got at Christmas and before the season. And Ramouski hasn't faced adversity in a while. And last year with much of the same team, when they did face adversity, uh, it didn't go so well because they got beat by Moncton in the third biggest upset in Q history. So, um, you know, I think this is another rough series. I think that Cape Breton can bring a lot of the physicality that they had to bring in round one. I think they can bring it again in round two. And uh, Ramuski, they're not built as that physical a team. They have some physical defenders in particular uh, their captain Destou on the back end who should be getting some pro interest if he hasn't already. He should be looking for a pro contract and I think he can easily find one. Um, I think it's going to be another big series for Alexi Lafreniere which shouldn't surprise anybody uh, but um, Beyond that, it'll be interesting to see the goaltending battle as Colton Ellis and Kevin Mandelise were both Cape Breton Screaming Eagle products uh, until Cape Breton traded Ellis to Ramuski, and then Ellis ended up winning Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a very interesting series. Like I said, I don't know who to go with because both matchups are so intriguing in different ways. I like the fact that Cape Breton can play physical, but they also were very disciplined in their series against Charlottetown. Uh, Ramuski not as much in their four-game sweep. So we'll see uh, what comes out of that, but honestly, I don't. that's a pick series to me.
0: All right. Well, I love the sidebar story, too, with Colton Ellis uh, going up against his former team. All right, so we're looking at Roy Naranda and, and Drummondville, and uh, you're picking Moncton, and then a coin flip uh, for the <coughs> other series. Of the eight teams left, Who's got the best goalie?
1: I think, uh, I think you can go with uh, Olivier Rodriguez in Drummondville. I think uh, he's a goalie that hasn't really been tried yet. I know he's had some injury trouble uh, in the last little bit, and actually I'm going to look to see if he even played in the last series. Uh, but uh, if, if he is to get in, he's definitely an X-factor. Uh, he has not played... Since then. So I'm going to retract that answer very quickly uh, Because I forgot he is still injured uh, I'm going to go with uh, Samuel Harvey, I think that Harvey still has more to give uh, In terms of the ruin and Oranda Huskies um, And against Victoriaville, Villa team that if uh, Harvey Puts up some good numbers, I think that The Tigers will be stymied quite a bit. They have a decent offense. They mismatch a 7 up front, uh, frankly, Victo does, but uh, I think that Sam Harvey's definitely a good option. Francis LeClaire has been playing excellent for Moncton, and uh, he stole a lot of the series against Bay Camo, and I think that he's another goaltender to look out for as well.
0: Excellent. Mike, terrific setup for round two. Looking forward to the action that gets going this weekend. We'll chat again. Oh, of course. Thank you so much. Mike Sanderson, a longtime broadcaster in the queue, longtime contributor here on the Pipeline Show as well. Been talking to Mike uh, for several years on this program, and he always does a fantastic job. Something about having a guest where you can ask a short question, and the guest runs with it, and is able. It's not like he's long-winded because long-winded usually uh, indicates that it's just ongoing, blah blah blah, and not a lot of content. Mike can talk for a long time and uh, has so much to say, and has great. In-depth analysis. Always appreciate uh, when uh, Mike makes time to come on the show. There's a few guests that come to mind that are like that. Who you know, you can just tee up a question, and they'll they'll talk for you know a cup two three minutes if you let them. Uh, Mike is one of them. AJ Jackieback back another one as well, voice of the Ottawa Sixty Sevens. Those guys are great. All right, when it comes to uh, predictions in the queue. For me personally, it's uh, the league that I uh, see the least uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but I will take uh, Roy and and Drummondville to win in a short series, maybe five. Uh, I could, act, I'm going to actually take Drummondville to win in a sweep. Um, the Halifax Moncton series is really interesting, especially after hearing Mike's take on it. He's picking Moncton. I guess I'll still take Halifax, but maybe I'll go seven, and uh, with enough overtime uh, periods involved, that it might turn out to be eight or nine games. Uh, and in the um, Ramuski Cape Breton series, I'm going to go with Colton Ellis uh, coming back to haunt his uh, former team. So I'm picking Ramuski in that one. So kind of boring. I'm taking all the uh, the home teams, the higher seeds. But I do think a couple of those series uh, will be longer. Up next, as we move westward, it'll be the Ontario Hockey League, uh, round two in the OHL. And my guest is Brad Cochimilio from uh, Sioux Today in Sault Ste. Marie. That's up next here on the Pipeline Show.
1: Here's Perlini, Perlini loads it up and he scores. It's a hot trick! Hey, it's Brendan Perlini from Niagara Ice Dogs, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. I will keep Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today.